Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Kids Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by Kevin Lovegreen. I recently read Fishing Frenzy, a book written by Kevin Lovegreen, and I think you'd really enjoy it. The book follows Lucky Luke, a young boy on a family fishing trip up in Canada, and as you might expect, they experience a lot more than just fishing out there in the wilderness. The book is full of adventure. Kevin Lovegreen has authored a number of chapter books for kids about Luke's hunting and fishing adventures. I'm sure you'll enjoy them all. Visit KevinLovegreen.com and use promo code KIDSTORIES for a great discount. One quick note. Be sure to listen until the very end of the episode for some extra shoutouts. For now, let's get started with our intro shoutouts. Charlie and Dodger, who live inside of a giant underground metal robot, have shared some drawings. Now, that might seem like a dangerous place for them to live, but their father assures me they are safe. I have a lot of questions about what life is like living inside of a giant underground metal robot, but for now, I'm glad they're able to enjoy the podcast and draw really cool pictures of the characters. You can see Charlie and Dodger's pictures on the website. They're awesome. Jackson and Nora enjoy the show. It says here they live in the forests of Canada, like wild people, feeding on berries and whatever animals they can catch, like bunnies and fish. Well, Jackson and Nora, I'm glad you're able to get Wi-Fi out there in the forest, and I'm glad you enjoy the stories. We all really appreciate the drawings you sent. Daniel and Aiden Bishop are not too far away in Seattle, Washington. These two brothers live in a giant bird's nest atop the Space Needle. I wonder if they made that nest themselves or if they stole it from an eagle family. Either way, they drew some tree beast drawings up on the website that you simply must check out. Martin, Libby, and Torin are a family of ninja cats that enjoy the podcast. And that really gets me wondering how they bought a phone or a computer to access the podcast. But as ninja cats, I'm sure they're more resourceful than I know. Thanks for the drawing, Torin. And finally, Liam, a vegetarian dragon from the West Coast, has drawn an especially cool dragon picture, a self-portrait, perhaps. You can check that out on the website. Thanks for sharing, Liam. Today's episode is titled Stella's Journey, Part 392. 
uh, six, actually. Stella's Journey, part six. Stella stood on the deck of the massive pirate ship, examining a map, thinking of where to go next. So where should we go next? asked Clover, looking over her shoulder. I have no idea, said Stella. I don't know anything about these places. Let's just head west for now. Follow the sun, said Jude. We can spend some time checking out the ship and maybe find some clues about our next stop. Great idea, said Stella. Everyone split up. Gather any important documents, maps, or clues that might help us get to the next safe place. With that, everyone, Stella, Clover, Jude, Elliot, Eleanor, and Gordon went below deck to check out this big boat. Once they reached the first level down, they all stopped suddenly. They heard something and went quiet. They heard the sounds of pots clanging gently, silverware scraping on pans and someone talking. There might be more pirates still on the boat, whispered Stella. Let's stick together and search room by room. So they all walked down the hall on their tippy toes, trying not to make a sound. They followed the noises and reached an open doorway. Slowly, Stella craned her head around the edge to get a good look of who was in the room. The room was a small kitchen space, crowded with stoves and tables and pots and pans. There were barrels of food and tables covered in cooking tools and serving dishes. Sitting on a stool in the middle of the room was a young boy. He was using chopsticks to eat a bowl of plain noodles, and he had an owl perched on his shoulder. The boy was distracted, flipping through the pages of a book laid out before him. And there was no one else in the room. Stella looked back at her friends waiting in the hallway. She nodded her head as if to say, it's okay to go in. Stella stood in the doorway now and said, Who are you? The boy looked up and said, I'm Emmett. Who are you? I'm Stella. Are you a pirate? Well, not really, said Emmett. I'm the chef. Emmett continued eating his noodles while talking with Stella and didn't seem too concerned about this new group of kids. Are there any more pirates below deck? asked Stella. I don't think so, said Emmett between bites. They all ran up top a bit ago, attacking and pillaging and generally being awful, I guess. I needed to make some noodles, though, and I guess I missed out on what was going on. The kids now realized how hungry they were. With all the excitement, they hadn't thought about food much, and their stomachs growled watching Emmett eat. He used his chopsticks and lifted a single noodle up to his shoulder. The little owl perched there, leaned forward, snatched the noodle, and gobbled it up. Then Emmett noticed everyone eyeing his bowl of noodles hungrily. Where are my manners? he said, standing up. You guys want some noodles? The kids spent the next hour preparing more food and eating the meal together. They shared their experiences leading up to this meeting. Everyone learned Emmett's story. They learned that he's a traveling noodle master. He accepted the job on this ship without realizing they were a bunch of pirates. They've been keeping him here for a few weeks, refusing to let him go because his noodles are so good. Me and Owly probably would have escaped eventually, said Emmett. But I sure am glad you guys are in charge now. You smell a lot better than those pirates. Well, you can go whenever you please, said Stella, 
We're not keeping anyone against their will. Hmm, where are you headed? asked Emmett. The group then looked around at each other. They were wondering the same thing. Well, we're not sure, said Stella. I'm looking for my brother, but I have no idea where he is. I guess we were just going to wander from port to port. How about this? began Emmett. Locked up below in the hold of this giant ship is, is all the stuff these awful pirates have been stealing and pillaging. I know where most of it came from. So we can look for your brother and return all this stuff to the places it got stolen from. The kids looked around at each other again and figured this is a pretty great idea. This is a pretty great idea, said Jude. Do you know where the last place the ship was? Oh, yeah, said Emmett. Come with me. Emmett led his new shipmates deeper into the cargo hold of the ship, where the pirates kept all their booty. Here it is, said Emmett, patting a huge stack of wooden crates. The entire sprinkle harvest from Sprinkleton. Worth a fortune, really. So sad, though. They stole all the sprinkles right before the big sprinkle festival. Okay, said Eleanor. You're going to have to explain all this sprinkle talk. Well began Emmett. The city of Sprinkleton lies on an island that grows the most delicious, exotic, amazing sprinkles you've ever tasted. Chocolate and vanilla sprinkles grow on trees. Chicken and bacon-flavored sprinkles are made by expert food chemists. Mint and coffee and lemon-flavored sprinkles grow in thick sprinkle bushes. There are endless flavors of sprinkles, and new ones are made or discovered every year. And every year, the city of Sprinkleton holds the Sprinkleton Festival. This year was supposed to be the biggest yet, but the pirates nicked their entire supply. It's all right here. For the next few minutes, the kids walked around these stacks of wooden crates, reading all the endless flavors. There were hot dog sprinkles and marshmallow sprinkles. There were lavender sprinkles and saffron sprinkles. Sprinkles flavored like pickles and milk and orange and tuna. You're right, Emmett, said Stella. We should try and return all this stuff. And along the way, we can search for Ben-Ben. The crew agreed. They set course for Sprinkleton right away, and they reached port within a couple days. They approached the port to a screaming, angry mob of Sprinkleton citizens. Oh, yeah, said Stella. Last time they saw this ship, they got robbed of all their sprinkles. I didn't think about that. She stood at the front of the ship and yelled out to the people on the dock, but they couldn't hear her. There was too much shouting. Stella turned to the rest of the crew and shouted, I'll be right back. She closed her eyes, focused her magic, and blipped right down to the docks. She teleported onto a stack of large wooden shipping crates, she turned to the mob of people and yelled, We're not pirates! We just stole their ship! Well, it, uh, we, we didn't steal it, exactly. We just took it, you see, and, uh, ah, uh, what, what I mean to say is this ship belongs to us now, okay? But, but we're bringing back all the sprinkles the pirates stole, you see? That's why we're here! And before Stella could even finish, the crowd erupted in cheers and whoops and hollers. The crowd then began to disperse and set up for the Sprinkle Festival, which they had only days before canceled due to lack of sprinkles. <laughs>
Stella waved at the boat to let them know it was safe to dock. The crew began offloading the heavy wooden crates of sprinkles. The citizens of Sprinkleton were elated. They were hugging the new crew and thanking them over and over for returning the goods. Everyone was so happy that the festival was back on. You could have kept them, you know, said a tall woman next to Stella. Stella turned and said, I guess, sure, but we're not pirates. We just happen to have a pirate ship. Maybe we should get it painted to avoid confusion in the future. I'm Harper. I'm the mayor of Sprinkleton, said the woman. Have you ever been to the Festival of Sprinkles before? Oh, yes, pardon me. I I'm Stella, and no, I've never been here before. But we can't stay long, I'm afraid. Oh, you must, said Mayor Harper. This year's Festival of Sprinkles will be held in honor of you and your crew. You'll be like royalty for the next few days. You really shouldn't miss it. We are absolutely not missing this, Stella, yelled Clover as she was rushed into town by the joyful crowd. Stella looked on as the rest of the crowd was welcoming her crew into town. Clover was right. They couldn't miss a sprinkle festival in their honor. I guess we will be staying after all, said Stella, as Mayor Harper led her into town. The end. Thanks for listening, everyone. Some corrections from the intro here. Now, it says Charlie and Dodger actually live in a place called Charlotte, North Carolina, probably in a regular house, I bet. Probably not underground. Also, Jackson and Nora, they do live in Canada in a beautiful place called Lake Country, but they also live in a regular house and they do not roam the forest like wilderness people. Also, Daniel and Aiden Bishop do not live atop the Space Needle in a bird's nest. Thank you, Daniel and Aiden, for not kicking some poor eagle family out of their home. Also, Martin, Libby, and Torin are 100% human, which makes so much more sense. Also human is Liam, a great artist as well, not a vegetarian dragon. Now get ready for a few quick shout-outs. Theo from Philadelphia has shared a number of drawings. You're awesome, Theo. And Sydney Morse, I absolutely love your talking cats drawing. You're awesome. And Samson and Sadie, your rainbow gloops are awesome, and you're awesome. And Roar and Ivy shared their drawings with us as well. You two are awesome. Go to the website and check out all those awesome drawings. Awesome, 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 awesome.